This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Hey, do you know what today is? Yeah, besides the fact that it's Monday, this is also World Elephant Day. And it was declared as World Elephant Day back in 2012 as a way to raise awareness about conservation efforts for Asian and African elephants. Now, did you know that since 1980, the number of elephants in Africa has fallen from 1.3 million to just over 400,000? That's a huge drop. Currently, there's an estimated 20,000 elephants that are killed every year just for the ivory in their tusks. And we know that trying to fight against the ivory trade has been a big focus in recent years. And for instance, even anthropologist Jane Goodall, who's known for her work with chimpanzees, well, Dr. Goodall is using this day to highlight the inaction of our government, the Canadian government, when it comes to the future of elephants. Uh, There was an opinion editorial published in the Global Mail where Dr. Goodall calls out Canada, along with Japan, Namibia, and South Africa, for not closing our markets to commercial trade in raw and worked ivory. Other countries have done this. We have not. We wanted to talk more about this. Tessa Vanderkop joins us now with Elephantics. It's a local organization which works to assist global elephant conservation efforts. Tessa, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for thanks for having me today. Well, what which countries have done the right thing and banned the ivory trade? Um, you see, I mean, the biggest one I think that really shocked everyone was China because that is also the biggest market for ivory, and. Um, they closed theirs in, um, I believe it was 2017. Um, France, the UK, Britain, which is another huge hub for ivory, just recently passed legislation to, uh, they've enacted actually the, the, the strictest legislation. And now the, now the EU is also looking at it, along with uh, France has closed theirs, Belgium, the Netherlands. So I think there really is, you know, it's really time, I think, for, for Canada to step up to the plate and to and to do the same thing. And why do you think we haven't done that? Um, you know, I think there's probably a number of reasons. I think, um, you know, elephants aren't wandering around in, in our backyard, and I think it's not necessarily a top-of-mind issue. I think that's part of it. I think also, you know, the government would say that they... Um, you know, they subscribe to the letter of the law for their um, obligations under CITES, which is the regulatory framework. But really, I think at this point, we have a petition and we have actually close to 500,000 signatures of Canadians asking the Canadian government to close illegal trade. So, you know, we're hoping that this signals something to the government to really, I think, do the right thing and and end it. It's It's a very liquid kind of business. So, you know, where there's opportunity, it will find its way into markets, as, as we already know. And how devastating is this trade that is still going on out there? Well, I mean, at the, at the, at the beginning of your, uh, of your show, you, you, you said the numbers, right? And the fact is, is that we are now in, we are in a losing battle. So, you know, not only are elephants, African elephants and Asian elephants, frankly, um, you know, poaching is their more immediate problem, but their longer term problem really is climate change. It's uh, human wildlife conflict. And, you know, it, it goes on and on. So I think, you know, um, conservationists and scientists think we probably have 10 to 15 years to, um, to give them a chance. 
So I think it, it's important. I think for everyone, I think to do what they what they can to to help save. I think what is a keystone species. What is the price like then in the ivory trade these days? Like clearly, somebody is still buying it. Where is it being sold? It's sold, you know, it is sold everywhere. The United States is still a really big market for it, and it's still a really big market in Asia. So, and then that is, I think, one of the problems. If it closes in China, then, you know, it starts to flow to Japan, which has a very uh, unregulated market, and it will flow to Vietnam. It, it just continues to flow where where there is demand. And I think it's, you know, another good point is that you have to, you have to stop the demand. Uh, another organization called Wild Aid has done a, a great job in those in those consumer markets and raising awareness. But it's something that you just you, it needs a sustained effort. And I think um, we still have a, a long way to go. Yeah, when it comes to preventing the poaching of ivory and all of that, what do you think makes the biggest difference? Um, I think it's education. I think it's education for the communities that help facilitate um, uh, poaching because it's a lot of, there's a lot of poverty in communities. I think that's one problem. I think the other piece is education around the value of, um, uh, of elephants to communities and the value of tourism as an alternative. I think there's a lot of corruption down supply lines and I think it's also just, you know, governments like ours saying, you know what, we don't want to we don't want to have anything to do with this anymore. We're going to close our trade. CITES, which is a governing or organization, has asked for governments to close their trade. And I think it's it, it does demand a global leadership role. I think personally, it's a real opportunity for our Canadian government to really step up and do something and and take a real leadership role on this issue. Right. So does tourism help? You mentioned tourism there. I know there's lots of places now where you can go to and you can like walk with elephants and you can, you know, look at the elephants up close. Does that help or does that hurt? Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, I I think we, we feed into that global market. You know, we, we, in terms of Asian elephants anyways, I mean, we fuel, I think, a lot of um, the Asian elephant um, tourism. And it's the same as in in Africa, right? I mean, I think you can make choices. I think the issues are very different between African and Asian elephants. But really, I think in terms of African elephants, it is really... um, Because I don't think the average Canadian is out buying ivory and would be horrified at the idea. It really is enacting sort of, you know, legislation to make sure that that illegal ivory can't get through our borders. And then in terms of education for Asian elephants, it's, you know, really, really know where you're going. And if it involves wildlife, understand how that wildlife is being impacted. You have to do some research. But there's so much information out there now that, you know, you can make the right choices. All right. Well, we'll see if people do that. Tessa, listen, thanks for talking to us about this today. Oh, thank you for the thank you for the opportunity. That's Tessa Vanderkop, who's the director of strategic relationships and advocacy for Elephantics.